Hello, everyone. This is Anne Shine, and I am back with another episode of my podcast at USNA Mid Moms and More. Thank you for joining me and for listening in as I have a wonderful conversation with my very special guest, Susan Weisberg, who is back to tell us more about Chester. And what she's going to have to say is very exciting. So stay tuned. And I'd just like to introduce Susan. Hi, Susan. Hi, Annie. How are you? Great to talk with you again. Yes, it is very exciting to be back with you and see where where Chester is and where he's going. So for those of us who are fans of your series, we know that Chester Midship Mouse has two books in the series that were out and you released the third and final book in January, I believe. Can you tell us a little bit about the book series, a little bit about Chester and how the books are structured? Because they do mirror the journey at the Academy. They do mirror the journey. Um, the first book, Chester Midship Mouse, came out in 2018, and it is the story of Plebe Summer. It's also the story of Chester's desire to be selected for the Naval Mouse Academy and his journey to get in, and then the journey through Plebe Summer, which is a, a very full story. The second book, uh, came out in 2021, and that is called Chester Midship Mouse, the second third, and it covers Plebe Year, which is a full story in itself as well, which is why it's called the second third of the Midshipman Journey. And then the third book came out in hardback, actually, on Black Friday 2022, and then was released this spring in paperback, Chester Midship Mouse, um, Time and Tide. And um, I'm very proud of that book. It has received accolades from readers' favorites. It got five out of five stars. Uh, Midwest Book Review did a very good book review of it. It was uh, acclaimed. So I'm very proud of that book. I love your writing style. I love the story. I love Chester. For those in the audience who may not be familiar with Chester, because this is the time of year when we have a lot of new parents listening in, can you give us just a little glimpse of, of who Chester is? Sure. And maybe I should tell you a little bit about myself first, and then maybe a little bit about what motivated me to write. And maybe that will tell a little bit about Chester. I am the parent of two grads. The first is a naval aviator and the second is a marine aviator. Uh, they're both currently serving. One recently returned from his first deployment and the other is on his third deployment on an aircraft carrier in the China Sea right now. I am a registered nurse by education and a cook and writer by passion. Um, I wrote food articles and provided food styling for photographs for a large city newspaper for many years. And that was my credibility for thinking I could be an author. So I never set out to write a, a three book series. I set out to write a book about the Naval Academy experience because I was awestruck um, by the setting, the institution, the requirements and the journey. Um, that was the naive approach, kind of like Chester approaching Plebe Summer, thinking he's got the, the stuff, but having no idea what he was really in for. And for me, reality soon followed. It became clear it would be impossible to tell the tale in any detail in one book. So I thought maybe I would write a book about Plebe Year. Um, that was naive too. It soon became clear that Plebe Summer would encompass one volume. 
So I wasn't even sure what I envisioned, except it would center around the mice in Bancroft Hall as a vehicle to tell the tale. And that was where Chester was born. Um, Chester is a, a very earnest, sincere house mouse who desires to join the Naval Mouse Academy to become a midship mouse, just like his grandfather, Grandfather Nimitz. And um, he does mirror some of one of my son's experiences. And in the end, I think he mirrors both of their experiences and the experiences of other midshipmen. So I never felt like I could be a 100% expert of life at the Naval Academy. I don't even think any midshipman or any person can because all the experiences are different. Yes, but they are. I could be an expert on the midship mouse experience because I'm the author of that tale. And it gave me a little leeway, which is why I often say there are two good answers for any questions anyone might have about the Chester stories. One, it's fiction or magical realism people. And two, they're mice people. But I have tried to be specific and true to the institution as possible. And I've had many grads, parents and mids reach out to me to say, I am telling their story. The midship mice follow the midshipman rules, regs, and experience closely, though they don't wear shoes. <laughs> <laughs> I still remember tales of my dad, who's a 59 grad, about the mice. So I just found it captivating to be reading about uh, Chester. So um, he's a, as you mentioned, he's a very precocious, very motivated mouse. He's motivated to do the right thing. Obviously he makes mistakes. Sometimes he fails because that's what happens to all of us. And, and that's what happens uh, to mids. True. And he is very much, as you mentioned, like many of our mids. And in our previous podcast, we spoke about Chester's origins. Uh, so I invite our listeners to listen to our first podcast. I believe it's episode number three or four. But in this podcast, we have reached kind of the end of the road. In the end, Chester is a firstie. So as you look back at Chester from the beginning when he wanted to be a plebe to when he became a plebe, how has he grown? as a midship mouse uh, from his first book to this third and last book? Mm, that's a good question. Chester uh, was an, an endearing, smart, naively confident young house mouse when we first met him in book one. He felt if he planned appropriately and worked hard, all would go as planned. And that's a good thought, except life doesn't always go as planned. And he learns some tough lessons along the way. So for the third book, I thought long and hard about who Chester would be as a firstie. I wanted to retain those endearing qualities and frailties that make him quote unquote human, if you will, mm -hmm. while showing the growth that had occurred in the intervening youngster and second class year leading to his attained leadership abilities. He gets plenty of opportunities to display this new maturity um, in the third book through attempting to help his little brother, Bean, who is now a plebe, who has his own problems, assist a youngster who may be separated, confront a predator living on Captain's Row or Porter Row mm -hmm. or Porter Street, assist in a daring rescue and attend to his own leadership positions within the company while making a very difficult decision. His cup is full. So we see Chester in strong leadership positions while retaining his, 
who he is as a mouse. It sounds just like the schedule my son had when he was a firstie and his sister <laughs> was a plebe. Yes. Right. <laughs> so very, very similar uh, things and stories to tell about that, but that will be for another day. I was so excited about the third book because, well, I wanted to find out what came next, but also because you did a fabulous job on Instagram of posting little tidbits of the artwork that mm-hmm. I thought was phenomenal. And it just captured my imagination. So I followed your Instagram posts as the images were developing. And I thought the illustrator was fabulous. So how did you work with the illustrator this time around to design Chester and the Midget Mouse Academy? Because each each book has its own kind of flavor as far as illustration. And then... How did you feel as each illustration was completed? Because you did share many of them. I worked with Maggie Vandewall once again. She did the art for the second book. And we worked the same way we did for book two, the second, third, via um, voluminous email. Um, Through the process, we became fast friends from the East Coast to Iowa, where she is now. Uh, At first, I sent her the unfinished manuscript and wrote ahead of her as she read. Uh, And then I came up with a list of potential interior full page illustrations and four black and white page break drawings. I wanted to separate the um, mouse, the rodent world from the human world. We worked together to winnow down this huge selection of of which which portions of the book we could turn into art uh, to eight interior full page um, color pieces of art. And then I added one more because I couldn't leave it out. I think in a perfect world, I would have had art on every other page. Um, But this is a good time to point out that in fiction chapter books, you don't usually find color illustrations. It's just too expensive to print. That is true. Yeah. So I got around that by creating the color hardback versions for books two and three with the addition of the paperback black and white illustrated edition. So a, a reader can take their pick how much they wish to spend on the book but the color illustrations in the hardbacks are are gorgeous. Um, Maggie is a tremendously talented artist and you should take a look at her Facebook and Instagram pages. She has a large show coming up in August. She has a huge following, but she stepped out of her regular art life to commit herself to illustrating Chester and poured herself into the experience and it shows So for each illustration, I sent photos of midshipmen, uniforms, places, and details. We talked over the angle and approach. We want, uh, for one, I searched high and low for close-up photos of shiny black shoes from the midshipmen's service dress blues front and back to give her choices of how she was going to do this shoe in the illustration. In another, uh, the illustration of Midnight Formation in Tea Court, She had to get the medals and insignias correct for all the midship mice of different ranks dressed in their working blues. And you should check out in that illustration, the herringbone brick pattern of Tecumseh Court. She's Mm. just meticulous. Uh, I think she should get a medal and be considered an expert of Naval Academy minutia because (laughs) she just got the details down pat. So each time she sent me an illustration, completed one, it usually took us about a week. So she worked fast. Um, It was a gift. They were spot on. There were moments of joy, really. 
Hold, and then holding the completed book in my hand was an unreal experience. Because I was going to ask you about that. Like, how did you feel when this book finally came and you were actually holding the book with the drawings, with what you had written in your hands? It's seeing everything that's been spinning in your head for over a year um, become tangible and in one place and how you envisioned it. You hope it will be how you envisioned it. And it did turn out exactly how I thought it would. Um, it, it was a, it was a, um, it's just an unreal experience. So I hope that others will enjoy and imagine and relate and appreciate the same way I did. And, and if the mail I've received is any indication, they do. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Very gratified. Yeah, absolutely. I highly encourage people who have the first to get the second. And if you have the second, definitely read the third. And if you're new, just buy all three and read them because you will a enjoy them, especially for newly parents. It will give you something to do while these seven weeks go. I will talk about the plebe summer challenge. And that's one of the things that I pose to parents is find something constructive to do. And that would definitely be a constructive thing to do. Talking a little bit more about the story. So what friends and frenemies, because there are a couple of conflicts going on, can we look forward to returning in this book? And are there any animosities that are resolved? There, there, well, I don't want to give anything away. True. <laughs> Maybe not a good question. <laughs> well, but no, but I can answer. Um, friends, Chester's nestmates, uh, Dilly and Ranger are back. And they are, this, the, this trio are the best friends that could ever be. They will maintain their friendship well beyond graduation. And Dilly and Ranger are displaying growth of their own in the third book. Ranger, a prior enlisted, is off on his own toot. He's, started, he's starting the first Naval Mouse Academy Jump Club or Parachute Club. Dilly is humorous and has a trick up his dress white sleeve. Uh, the three nestmates are just as tight. But you see the separation that occurs at graduation and commissioning beginning to show as they pursue different interests and mm-hmm. career paths. They will always be the whole wheel of cheese, though, as they are called. Mm-hmm. Um, so his squad mates from Plebe Summer, Ella, JP, Victor, Bodie, Brown Bob, and Fleet are still very much in the story, and some of his closest shipmates, all except for Fleet, whose jealousy of Chester becomes mm-hmm. a sore thumb in the final story, Tide and Tide. It creates a serious dilemma in the book. And as Maggie Vandewall was reading through the manuscript before she began the illustration process, she emailed me and beseeched, please tell me Fleet is going to get his comeuppance in the end. I can't tell you what happens. You're going to have to read the book on that one. Oh, no. What's the cliffhanger? Yeah. Uh, And, okay, and then you also mentioned Bean. Yes. He's now a plebe. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's uh, another relationship that kind of takes a a different turn. Bean is a very different personality from Chester. You know, by your own children, they're all different. So Bean's experience as a plebe is different than Chester's experience as a plebe. And Chester experiences his own frustration trying to help Bean, not knowing how much to help and how much to stand back to allow Bean to do it on his own, which he very much wants to do but Chester feels he needs to interject here and there 
and becomes at times concerned, but also frustrated with his little brother who's not doing things the way he would. But we see a resolution to that in the end, which I think is a uh, good message to anyone going through the academy that there are many ways to navigate the experience. <laughs> yes. And they're all, everybody has their own journey and they're yes. right for them. Right. So right. another tough question without giving too much away, what personal challenges does Chester face as a leader that he has become? What is his biggest challenge? Well, I think just in general, you know, each year at the Academy has its own built-in challenges to success. Plebe year is fraught with the very real threat of failure from so many directions. Often the first time these young high achievers have tasted failure. And also there is the battle with time as in never enough. And then the succeeding years bring continued academic challenges, the never ending pressure of time constraints and restrictions, increasing leadership obligations and continuing moral and ethical decision-making, which most young people that age don't have to confront. It really is a tremendous load on these young people. And I'm talking about the midshipmen and the midship mice. One element though, that was missing from the first two books and was most evident and I thought best expressed during the first class year story in the final book, Time and Tide, is the very real and expected, but still agonizing fact that the midshipmen will experience career and life disappointment at the academy and throughout their careers. I have observed so many heartaches. I couldn't not address it. Um, The parameters for success are tight. They work so hard. They are loyal to each other, but in constant competition. Everything is earned, but sometimes the needs of the Navy or fate poke a stick between the legs or place a roadblock or detour into their carefully laid out plans and a goal is denied. It's Mm -hmm. agonizing to watch Mm -hmm. an injury, a sudden medical diagnosis, a switch to a different service assignment just because they were smart or there was a need for one more whatever, say a nuclear slow, the loss of a billet and dream. They didn't get pilot. They didn't get EOD. They didn't get Marines or SEALs. They didn't get the ship or location they were dreaming of Mm -hmm. and working so hard for. And I felt compelled to talk about that. And I do. It's at the center of the book. Um, the third book. I also wanted to touch on the psychological effects of all this pressure and trauma in an age and book appropriate way. I think I accomplished that. Um, Change, disappointment, and loss, they can test the mettle of the hardiest soul. And uh, I felt obligated once again to address it. So one reviewer wrote, is a young man who wrote, it's a very amusing series, but it actually dives into some pretty strong stuff, though not at a level that kids can't understand. It's not like children's literature can't handle psychological stuff well. It's really funny, and it's also a good story. And I was glad to hear someone say that out loud. So Chester does go through, he had a dark night of the soul in the first book, and he has another one in book three. And so does another character or two. And I think it's really helpful for any reader, but especially young readers to recognize life does have, does throw you a curve at times. And we have choices about how we manage it. And so we watch Chester walk through a tough time in his Naval Academy career. 
No, I am. I am glad that you address those topics because we tend to not necessarily sweep them under the rug, but they definitely don't get the attention that that mm-hmm. they deserve. My oldest had classmates, um, three or four of them, whose careers were changed by, as you mentioned, a medical diagnosis by not getting the service uh, assignment they they would have preferred by. A, B, or C motive. And we're talking the week before commissioning. So it was unbelievable. And it was heartwarming to see how the whole company came around these men and just surrounded them with support, encouragement, and love in their next steps. Yes. The other thing too is failure. It, It, a lot of the midshipmen, and I love how it's reflected in this book series, have not tasted failure. And so when they become plebes and they're going through plebe summer and by design, I wrote a post about that on my Instagram yesterday, I believe it's by design mm-hmm. they fail. And the question is, what do you do with that? So I, I really am glad that you, uh, that you do address that in, in a way that can be understood by civilians, because mm-hmm. that's the other thing. It's such a different journey. Yes. Um, as military parents, no one except another military parent, and in terms of academies, no one except a Naval Academy or a West Point or an Air Force can understand another parent in that academy's journey, except for another academy parent. And so I'm glad that you place that in in the story and in terms that regular people, quote unquote, mm-hmm. can understand. Um, and that way, maybe easier to relate to us as Naval Academy and military parents, because we're only what, less than 1% of the population. Oh, um, I've heard that fact. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's true. So it's, yeah, it, yeah we're, have, we're not a majority for sure. No, so, and I have had civilian parents write to me, civilian readers write to me and say, this is so informative. And that was one small reason why I wrote the book. I did want other people to know what what this journey was like, what these young folks are going through. I think it's easier to read about a mouse than an actual person. It makes it a little easier to, to, to more palatable, perhaps. Um, yeah. But the, the other side of that coin is that in, in the books, we see the positive outcome. We see the pot in Plebe Summer, there is a character that has, a, besides Chester, has a really uh, tough failure and his reaction to it. But we see his squad mates pull around him and support him. And we see the positive in the end, just like all these disappointments that I was mentioning for the first class midshipmen when they go through service selection and and assignments and things that if we could see them another year down the road, or two years down the road, we see them saying, Oh, you know, this is where I was meant to be. Mm -hmm. I'm Maybe not quite it. I'm glad this happened, but um, I'm I'm really fulfilled where I am. And, and we do catch a little glimpse of that at the end of, of book three, because I wanted people to see that positive future. Well, and, and I'm living it right now because my youngest was set on aviation and really that was his first preference. And because of his major and because of his grades, as you, as you mentioned, mm-hmm. he was pulled to serve in subs. Yep. And uh, he has, he came to terms with it after, 
a couple of weeks of struggle mm-hmm. and, and now he's, he's okay. He's okay. I think it's going to help him in the long run and his career choices. And he's really uh, come around to accept where he is. So it, it is a reality. Uh, it, yes. It's a reality and it's a tough one too. It's and as a, a parent, one. you're watching your child's heart crush, right? Yes. Yet all you can do is listen and there's nothing you can do about it. No one you can call no one to write. It, it just is what it is. Um, yeah. But it's really a preparation for life. Yes, and, it is. Mm-hmm. And so as you, uh, as you prepare to write this third volume, mm-hmm. how easily did the writing come? Because I think in the last podcast, we talked about a little bit of ri- writer's block at some point. How easily did this one come? It, this was actually the hardest of the three for me to write. And um and I'm, I, I'm glad that it was hard because it made me work harder. Uh, but one of the reasons it was hard was because I was furthest away in time from my son's tenures at the academy. And I had to refresh my memory and reach out to current mids for insider information. Uh, thankfully, each time I've written a book, there have been parents and midshipmen who have come alongside. This time I had a plebe who offered to answer my questions as well as some recent grads. And it's the little things as I'm writing the books, like what do the railings on the ladders look like? Where are the ladder wells on each deck? Can you hear the tower bells chime? Um, And for this book, what species of tree is right at the edge of Tecumseh Court? Um, Which might not sound like it would be important, but it was a very important tree to the story. And I had to reach out to people. Thankfully, they put little tags on the trees that tell you what kind of tree it is. I'll have to look um, when I'm there for I day. <laughs> yeah, it's look for the big, it's a willow oak, look for it. So, and then the fun part in writing it was interjecting midship mouse classes. I had fun renaming their classes to be similar to the real classes. Calculations instead of calculus, great mouse literature instead of great English literature, propulsion, physical properties instead of chemistry, advanced principles of wind and wave, all the mice take Latin, and there's Latin throughout the book, which is kind of fun because I can give um, uh, little hints of what's to come through the Latin. Um, mm-hmm. And in book three, Chester takes a required course, Evade and Escape Strategies, which involves the midship mice removing themselves from a mouse trap successfully or a marauder trap, as they call it. It kind of like an advanced taste of seer school that the human aviators have to take. Mm-hmm. And then um, this was a really fun part of writing the third book for me, Time and Tide. There was Chester's capstone project. He literally, as I was writing the story, told me what his project was. He wished to build an artificial dragonfly. And this is a true story. I, I know next to nothing about aeronautics and engineering, but I had to come up with a contraption and in detail because I wished to include an illustration of the pivotal moment in the book. So I drew a picture and of what I thought his artificial dragonfly would look like and showed it to my husband who just looked at it and said, uh, I don't think so. so <laughs> I went out on a limb and I scrolled through the directory of teachers and professors at the academy. And don't ask me why, but I honed in on one name, Captain Retired Len Hamilton, Professor of Mechanical Engineering at the Naval Academy. And I wrote him a cold email 
introducing myself and Chester and asked if he might be interested in developing an artificial dragonfly, a single mouse flying machine. And I fully expected no answer or a polite rebuff, but he wrote back with enthusiasm and said, I'm your man. Oh, that's wonderful. It is. He works with capstone students. He was a Tomcat pilot, a Naval Academy grad, and well-versed in aeronautics. He asked me to send him what I had. So I sent him my little drawing and he promptly told me that it would drive Chester right into the ground. So that <laughs> so is humiliating. Right. It's like yeah. oh. <laughs> right. starting off on the wrong foot. Then he postulated if mice could fly and I answered, which they can. He began a series of mechanical drawings on Jamboard and shared them with me, showing a vehicle and its workings that could be piloted by a mouse. So we met that by Zoom. Amazing. That it is, is amazing. amazing. He was as into it as I was. We met by Zoom and phone calls for weeks to create this uh, artificial dragonfly. Then Maggie used those drawings to create the final illustration of Chester with the dragonfly. It's a pivotal moment in the book. And then I realized I wanted to do something with those drawings. So I placed the mechanical drawings of Chester's capstone project in the appendix of Time and Tide because I thought young folks might like to see how it was constructed, all the inner workings. That's wonderful. Yeah. I know when we read to our kids when they were young, they always wanted to know how things worked. Like how did Almanzo get the oxen out of the snowdrift? How did Tom Swift create his spaceship? So Dr. Hamilton's valuable input inspired me to create a character. I named a character after him. I created Chester's capstone advisor, Professor Jambon. I came up with a name based on Dr. Hamilton's call sign as a pilot. Okay. And um, his, his call sign was Hamboned, I guess. Okay. And I just would take this moment to say there is nothing in all three books that isn't related to something else. Everything has a meaning. So pay attention to names. That's just a little. That's that's amazing. That's amazing. And I think uh, it's funny because it reminds me our kids, um, high school English teacher would tell them, be careful what you do because you may end up in my book. Yes. Right. True. (laughs) (laughs) So I guess Captain Hamilton retired is in your book. I think that's amazing. And and how and what a coincidence that the name that you picked out of the entire directory is someone who was so excited about collaborating, which actually I think many of the faculty are that way as well. And they are so willing to help the midshipmen and and work with them and tutor them. I I mean, they're really, the faculty is just amazing. They don't get teacher assistance. They get the faculty member. Yeah. Yeah. I would like to think, I don't know. I thought it was just some serendipitous, wonderful moment, but perhaps anybody I reached out to might have been as, as willing, but I don't know. He was, he was uber willing. (laughs) I I think it was, I think it was just the right person at just the right time. So, Mm -hmm. so moving a little bit forward, Chester has some human friends who I believe may be fashioned after your human Mm -hmm. kids, Mm -hmm. kind of, um, that he has interacted with throughout his four-year journey. What is going on with them? Do we get a, do we get a sense of where they go or what happens? Uh, we do, we do, because it's those, those humans that show up at the end of every chapter, 
um, underneath the little graph mouse graphics uh, there. It's their story as well. Um, yes. I, and I did start writing this story with my um, younger son, Ben in mind for be wise. So, uh, but then each character in the book has taken on their own personality. So you can't say one is specifically a person, but Anyway, the never-ending battle between mouse and man continues in the third book. Chester and B-Wise, the human, have a humorous confrontation in Time and Tide. And poor B-Wise and his roommate T-Briggs, you never learn their first names because everybody's known by their last name, especially Plebeer at the Academy. But Chester and uh, B-Wise and um, T-Briggs have several confusing moments during the course of the three books. They wonder if they're losing their minds, imagining mice running around with blue rim tees and <laughs> camo gear. It makes for funny moments and sets the scene for more. And you should see the mouse traps that they come up with for book three too. It might be helpful to the midshipmen. But right now, B-Wise and T-Briggs, just so you know, are in the Corps and the fleet. They are both still serving, and the lessons they learned at the Academy have served them well in navigating life as junior, a junior officer in an aviation squadron and as a SWO, respectively. That's where they are. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I'm, yeah. I'm glad to, to have closure with that, that they didn't get mm -hmm. stuck at the Academy forever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, from another perspective, how did the series help you relive moments as a USNA parent? Because I mean, obviously, there are things that you've lived through, even the couple of themes we talked about before the disappointment or mm -hmm. things that that change, all of that just brought back so many memories for me just sitting here yeah. speaking with you. So I couldn't imagine writing this story. And uh, so how did it help you to relive moments? I think it's almost been like Groundhog Day. It's just it's been never ending, really, the experience when I typed the end on this third book, I relived that bittersweet emotion of once again saying goodbye to a beloved institution and period in my life. I, I'm, I've often said, I feel as though I have three graduates from the academy. I've gone through two eye days and one eye night. I've watched two young men and one mouse grow in character and commitment. I've planned three graduation commissioning weeks and have literally and virtually pinned on three sets of shoulder boards. The, so the last chapter in Time and Tide was particularly poignant for that reason. Mm. I think the illustration in that last chapter ca captures the moment exquisitely. Don't jump ahead and look at it if you haven't read the book yet, but I've had readers tell me they cried. And I, that's kind of how I felt each time I've said goodbye to the Naval Academy. Yeah. I hadn't thought about it that way, that really writing the series is also a friend or wrapping up the series is a goodbye mm -hmm. uh, for you. So um, thank you for sharing that. We've closed this chapter, sadly, but looking to the future, I'm very curious to see if we may see Chester in the fleet. Could he perhaps meet up with his human friends again? Any plans in that direction or inklings? Well, I can just picture where Chester is right now. He, I, he definitely should reunite with his human friends, be wise in particular, because they have quite a relationship going through the books. 
Perhaps it will happen on a Pacific island when they're both on deployment. I don't know. What do you think? <laughs> I think it's fun for the reader to imagine that. Where? What's going to happen with all these people? We do get a, a um, glimpse of that at the end of the book. I don't leave everything hanging. I really tried to wrap up every loose end. And, and you get a glimpse of what's going to happen with Chester and some of his other friends in the future. All right. Well, I guess the only other question is, where can we find the book? Where can fans and new fans and avid readers get the Chester series? Well, the mid-store stocks all the books, all the versions of the books, hardcovers and paperbacks, uh, as does the gift shop and navyonline.com. The mid-store and gift shop and online are the only places you can purchase the hardcover versions of books two and three, Chester Midshipmouse, the second, third, and Chester Midshipmouse, Time and Tide, except for my website. You can order the hardcovers from there to chestermidshipmouse.com. There's also a lot of information on there. Um, You can easily order the hardcover books through the safe links provided there using PayPal or credit card. And the paperback versions of all three books are available wherever books are sold. Amazon, Barnes & Noble, bookshop.org, or ordered through your favorite um, bookstore. And uh, just a note, uh, the first book, Chester Midship Mouse, is available in two paperback versions, the full color illustrations or black and white. I keep promising that I will create a hardcover version of that book. It just hasn't happened yet. And if anyone is, is wondering if they want, would wish to purchase the books, um, I invite them to check out my Facebook page at Chester Midshipmouse or my Instagram page at uh, susan.weisberg.author where you can find the illustrations, event photos, and discussions of the books. You also have periodic book signings every so often, right? At the the store. So they can check your Instagram or your Facebook page for updates on that, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. I always um, have upcoming events. I have a book signing uh, scheduled uh, for Plea Parents Weekend in August. Um, And I get invited, as you do, throughout the year to come back and sign the books. It's a great time for me to meet people. I've made so many friends and I know you would concur with that. So many yes. friends, people I keep up with um, and the midshipmen, I have made so many friends through them. It's just a joy to watch them grow as I come back and meet them again. Susan, thank you so much for this wonderful time that we've spent together. Uh, thank you for the update on Chester and on the third book. And I am so excited for uh, fellow Navy fans and Chester fans and friends and new parents to really experience the USNA journey from Chester's perspective. And I think they'll, they'll find it very helpful and very instructive. For grads, it'll probably bring back a lot of memories. I know that for my dad, the, the mice were a big deal. They were a big part of his life. Yes. <laughs> As they are for so many in Bancroft Hall. Uh, Yes, yes, absolutely. So I want to thank you for your time. And uh, you're welcome back anytime that you'd like. Especially, especially if you have any new projects, that would be that would be wonderful to find out about. Uh, For the listeners, I would invite you to visit my website, usnamedmomsandmore.org, where you will find uh, links to my blog to this podcast with all the episodes and to my Etsy shop. Uh, I have my 
Navy spirit items, but handmade by me. So I thank you so much for listening. Thank you for tuning in. And I look forward to the next episode of my podcast, USNA Mid Moms and More. And okay, you know what to do, Suzanne, right? Go Navy! Beat Army! All right. Thanks so much for joining me. Thanks for having me.